This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I'm so excited because we are back with the winemaker of the Boucher wineries we just tried, Michael Richmond. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Lori. Please tell me you're having fabulous weather in Napa right now. Well, actually, we are having fabulous weather because <laughs> it's raining. Oh. <laughs> and the raining, when it rains in Napa... Uh, this year, that's fabulous. Okay. Because we are suffering through a drought, and even though all the rain we've got, they say it's still a drought. Wow. But the thing about rain, it's it's more when it comes as much as how much it comes. So mm-hmm. these kind of late-season rains are perfect because they fill the soil with moisture, which is useful for the plants, but they have any later, and then we have rot problems with the new growth. So All right. they're really kind of perfect uh, rains for us in a drought year. It'll still call, be called a drought year. Okay. Well, um, we're, there's no drought over here in the studio because we've been drinking your wines. And in um, doing some research on the winery, I found that you actually were one of the founding fathers of Acacia Winery. Weren't you? I did. I started Acacia in 1979. Me and uh, uh, Larry Brooks, who is a winemaker down at Tolosa right now, and I were founding winemakers. And in fact, uh, Larry's son, Andrew Brooks, is my right hand man. I'm kind of the executive winemaker, and he is the he does all the work. Oh, I great! Just get credit for it. <laughs> so tell me, how would you now that you've moved? You know, when? How many years ago was it that you moved over to Boucher? I moved to Boucher in 2002, so okay. I've been here for like 12 years. Great. Uh, long enough to have a profound influence on the style of the wines and the breadth of the wines and the program. I'm kind of the general manager okay. as, as winemaker. Wonderful. So tell me, you know, if you could, in a, in a couple sentences, what would you say the philosophy of winemaking at Boucher is? Oh, man. You know, winemaking <laughs> is one of those dynamic things. And mm-hmm. We were just uh, sitting in a tasting ourselves, uh, talking about our philosophy, and <laughs> should we change it? <laughs> oh. so, so, but, but it also cha- happens very slowly, because, uh, you know, grapes take a long time to grow, uh, you have to live with the decisions that you made. I have to live with the decisions I made last September, last mm-hmm. August. So it changes slowly. So it's not a, a dramatic thing. But we watch uh, taste. Right. Uh, I've been trying to make Pinot Noir since I started making Pinot Noir in the back in 1970, when all the Pinot Noirs were really light. So we tried to learn how to make darker wine. Mm-hmm. And we've so we so the age of big, rich, dark pinots has come up come upon us, and now things are kind of starting to shift back and look for the more subtle, uh, dreamier uh, kind of wines that um, the pinot's known for. Right. And so we're having real challenges of conscience as to what kind of wine we make, because the winemaker has a profound influence, impact, I should say, on the type of wine that is produced from any given ground. We talk mm-hmm. about Pinot Noir as being uh, a wine of place, right. and it is, but you can sure run roughshod over that place if you use too heavy of a hand. Mm. Now, so. Chris, my uh, producer, my sidekick here today, we had the red Pinot Meunier, and he had not had a red wine from that grape before. We both love this wine and think it's delicious. Um, do you get that a lot? You know, do people, is it, is it sort of new discovery for folks? 
Well, Pinot Meunier is a, a grape variety that's used extensively in Champagne as a Champagne base wine. Right. Yeah, I was telling uh, him that. Carol Meredith, the, uh, an ampelographer at UC Davis, with her DNA analysis, uh, found that it was indistinguishable from Pinot Noir. Mm. So it's really just a clone. It's called a chimera of Pinot Noir. And it's called Meunier because Meunier means flower. And the vineyard looks like it's been dusted with flour because yeah. from a distance, there's a gray cast to the leaves. It's like lamb's, uh, lamb's ear because there's furry filaments on the backside of the leaves. Wow. So, but that's an affectation or, or rather a, 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 an artifact of the, uh, of, the, of the mutation that causes it to look really different. Mm -hmm. But the grapes are very much Pinot-like. And so it's not really much different from any other clone or right. single cultivar of Pinot Noir. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I think people um, always are shocked when, when I tell them that two of the three champagne grapes are red yeah. <laughs> because we don't think of that. And, of course, you're, you're talking Pinot Noir. We tried the Riesling, which is delicious and award-winning, as I understand. Uh, right. A little bit of sweetness to it, so off-dry, medium-dry. Uh, right. That how are how is that going over at the tasting room and and across the country? Well, I've, I've had a personal strong affinity for Riesling all my life, and this is actually the first time I've been able to um, produce it in any in any uh, commercial quantities. I say commercial, we make about three hundred cases of it. Wow! But one really? of our the sources of our Pinot Noir, uh, Frank Mahoney with Mahoney Vineyards. Um, he planted uh, several different varieties as experiments, and one of the varieties he planted was Riesling. Mm. Uh, if Riesling is going to do well in Napa Valley, Carneros is where it's going to do well. Nice. There's not much planted here, but the opportunity arose for us to do it, because we make a few wines, like the Meunier and the Riesling, made in three or 400 cases for sale to our wine club, and people can get it if they come and ask us for it, but it's not generally dis distributed. Mm -hmm. But Exclusive. I have a, an affection for Riesling all my life, and uh, so the opportunity to make Riesling has just been very rewarding. Oh, and that's that particular great. wine, um, I think the best Rieslings in America tend to be made in Oregon. Yes. And so that was another model for me, as well as the wines from the Mosul. Mm -hmm. And so... With those in with that in mind, we set out to create wines that are balanced like that. I like a little bit of sweetness in my Riesling. Yes, uh, I enjoy drinking wines that are dry, but right, uh, I I drink a lot of the wine that's uh, that has just a tiny bit. We're talking about maybe two percent residual mm -hmm. sugar. They always maybe three. They always and the alcohol is low. That's the biggest thing is that the alcohol is down around ten percent. So you can just oh. enjoy it uh, quaffably. You can have an extra glass of that. And they always say you find out the really interesting stuff at a winery to see what the winemaker is making for himself. So I think <laughs> well, we hit on that. Riesling fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a wine dinner coming up in our area here in Maryland at the Robert Morris Inn, where Bouchain Vineyards has paired six courses of delicious food with your wines. And folks can go to robertmorrisinn.com. Um, to get tickets, it's $110 per person, but it's six courses 
with wines with every single course and the Robert Morris Inn Chef Salter is really amazing. So uh, hopefully folks will get out there and get to experience the wide range of wines that you have, including Chardonnay and Syrah and even a late harvest Chardonnay. But we're all getting fever to get out of our houses, to travel, to go places. So if folks want to come see you at the winery, Michael, what what do they have to do? How can they arrange that? Uh, well, the short answer is show up. But if there's <laughs> more than uh, two of you, it would be nice if we knew ahead of time so we could plan, uh, plan your visit. Um, so that uh, if during the week... It's a possibility that I could show you around myself if you call wow. and express that interest. On the weekends, maybe less so. Okay. Um, but uh, you can also go to our website and get instructions on how to get here. Perfect. I don't know if we need to go into it on the on the radio, but... I'll, I'll give out the web to, address. Go to Bouchain.com. Great. So B-O-U-C-H-A-I-N-E. Oh, thank Bouchain. you. Thank you so much. This has been, we could talk hours with you, I know. Oh, we sure could. I'm sitting here looking at the menu. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, uh, Mouth I'm, is I'm watering. Just, uh, salivating on the on my telephone. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at these matches, how uh, the, they've matched the food and the wine. I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be fun. It Ooh, is going to be fun. Great. I'm definitely going to be there. And you know what? I'm going to come out and see you at the vineyard in Napa Valley and uh, get that tour you told me about. You can check that out on Bouchain.com. And Michael, I hope you'll come back and join us again on The Sipping Point. We'd love that. Thanks, Thanks Laurie.